Hi and welcome to Emergent Woman, a podcast from Girls Mass Uganda. My name is Tukahira Maureen and our guest today is Namwanje Shakira, the 2019 AVAC Advocacy Fellow. She is a survivor of child sexual abuse, an activist and champion for the Because I'm a Girl campaign, an initiative to end sexual violence against women and girls in Uganda. Well, there is much more we are going to find out from her during this session this evening. You are welcome, Shakira. Hello, our dear listeners. My name is Namwanje Shakira. I am an HIV prevention advocate and I'm also an activist for the end of gender-based violence against young women. I am the EVAC Fellow for 2019 and I am currently the project officer at UNASO, which is Uganda Network of Aid Service Organization. Nice to be here. Right, you're so welcome, Shakira, and we are so glad to have you this evening. I'm so sure there are very many young girls listening in right now. And this, for real, is going to be something that is going to help them not only in their personal lives, but also in their career lives and, you know, uh, like leadership uh, lives. So uh, before we go on, I just wanted to ask you, why did you feel it was so important to speak to the girls this evening? It is very important for me to speak to the girls this evening because there is honestly very little that I can say or there is really like very little that I can do for girls. And I think the most important thing is for me to share my story and also... uh, allow other young girls out there to relate to my story and maybe learn something from it or pick something from it. So that is my my main reason as to why I would love to be on this podcast and allow myself to share a little bit of myself with the rest of the girls that are listening in. Thank you so much, Shakira. Um, and we're just going to go right straight to it. Please share your story with the listeners. Yeah, so in a very brief, you know, uh, short story or insight into my life, I am very, very passionate about gender-based violence or sexual violence against young women. And this is because I personally experienced this very bad ordeal when i was eight years old at at eight years old my mom was was a young mother and had uh, already like four children and in the process of having four kids and working uh, because at the time she was a single mother and taking care of us we were very many for her to handle at the moment and during holidays because of course during school time we were at school in boarding schools 
but during holidays we had to live with other relatives you know to give her space to work in order to provide for us and also be able to take us to school so i was designated to stay with my uncle at the time and this is when i was defiled it was one afternoon and my uncle had left home uh, my uncle was married he had uh, a wife and the wife had at the time given birth to my young nephew and you know they had like arguments as a as a married couple so the woman left the home and in the process when she left the house i was left with my nephew and my uncle so my uncle was young and he liked to party and you know have you know the youthful fun as we all know it so sometimes he would go to work and because i was young i could not cook or do anything so he would send someone to deliver us food or he would send like a border guy to bring us food at home so this day he sent one of his friends and the friend that he sent is someone that i was really familiar with as someone that i knew someone that you know was close to me because i had seen him all the time and to me he was also my uncle because i used to call him uncle obviously and every time that he would come home he would bring me sweets he would bring me you know so many things he would carry me he was really like a family like family he was my uncle you know so on that day when he brought the food he found me outside i was washing utensils and then he called me into the house my nephew was sleeping i, I mean my cousin sorry my cousin was sleeping not my nephew was it's my uncle my cousin was asleep so when i went inside he told me he was looking for something and he wanted me to help him look for this thing so when i went into the bedroom to help him look for whatever it is he was looking for this is when he used this as an opportunity to defile me and immediately after defiling me threatened my life he told me not to tell anyone and he ordered me to go and shower and wash my clothes at the very tender age of 8 years old and i was really scared i was uh, i didn't know what to say and i also didn't know how to describe what had happened to me like if someone had asked me then what had happened to me or for me to explain it to them I didn't know the words to use. I didn't know what to use to describe sex or rape or defilement at that age. So, I opted for silence because that's what I knew best. So, I kept quiet. And you know, I felt sick in the next couple of days and I had to be returned to my mother. And of course, when she she took me back, she just took me to hospital, gave me uh malaria tablets and you know life went on as usual my life changed because i started having nightmares i started waking in bed i started having these different you know thoughts and dreams and bad dreams but you know as time goes on i think as any other person you don't forget but you don't really live in the in the past anymore i just uh would cry every time they would say they are taking me back to my uncle for holidays so 
I kind of dodged going back there. So that's how I survived. Maybe not being defiled again. And life went on as usual. So I think I was about 11 years old. Because I was in my primary five. My uncle had an accident. And when he had an accident, he was with, with that friend of his that had defiled me. The accident was really terrible, so they both lost their lives. So I remember we were picked from school to go and, you know, bury my uncle. And I was really not bothered once I found out that the person that had defiled me had also died. I was not really, like, you know, bothered at the, at the, at the vigil. So I was kind of, like, rejoicing. And in the moment, like... I remember my family, my sister to be exact, was like, why why would you be this happy? Or how can you be acting like this when we've just lost someone? Why are you not bothered? So that is when I told her, you know what, this person that, you know, everyone is mourning for actually, you know, defiled me. And then I actually knew what defilement was. And I also knew how to really explain and I also didn't say much as this like this person that you were all mourning for did something bad to me. And for me, I'm just glad he's gone. And that's when my sister told my mom and, you know, uh, when my mom found out, she was really devastated. And, you know, everyone kept telling me, why didn't you say something? And they really did not understand why I didn't speak. So the only thing that my mom knew that, you know, she had to do was just to take me hospital and see if I wasn't damaged and also just really give me like treatment that I deserved to get and that is when she also arranged for me a counselor to kind of like speak about what had happened because I could not tell her what had happened to me like in full detail so she was advised to just find me someone to talk to and that's when she found me a counselor and I really like found it much easier to open up to my counselor. And with time, you know, I regained my strength. I, you know, I, I, I think I became much more of a normal kid again. The nightmares stopped and, you know, I stopped feeling less of a, of a human being. I remember I was in my primary seven when you know my counselor called me to to her office with, with my mom and that's when they had revealed to me uh, they were forcing me to take medicine like the whole time from the time i started my counseling but because i didn't really know why or basically why i should be taking the medication i would skip it or when i'm at school if i don't feel really bad i would not take it and stuff so when I was failing my medicine, my counselor uh, advised my mom that it was time for me to actually know why I was taking the medicine and that it would help me to really adhere more now that I knew what, you know, what was the reason behind me taking the medicine. And that's when they decided to discuss to me that the person that had defiled me did not only defile me, but had also infected me with HIV. And 
that was i think one of the lowest points in my life you know i think that day was worse than the, the defilement itself because when he died i felt like you know it was gone like it was done forever and it was not going to happen to me again and you know it was something that i could just put in this box and forget about but when they disclosed to me about my hiv status i felt like i was relieving that whole situation once again and i also felt like this person had the power to really affect me even in his grave so that was really a bad time like that was really like a very low point for me and i remember i went into into depression i was really devastated after finding out and my mom is really like a strict person and i i remember i res- i refused like I, i i told her there's no point in to going into counseling you guys have been lying to me like all this time and then i remember she was like it's not an option you have to go and my mom is really that person like you just have to do it you don't then give you much explanation if she says you're doing something you're doing it and i think i really benefited and i'm very much a big advocate for therapy and you know psychological help because once i really you know got to know the truth it helped me a lot once again to you know accept myself my status and rebuild myself again from the pieces and yeah in a nutshell that is it like from ashes to who i am today so as i regained my strength i continued with school and i think my turning point was campus as studying business administration at islamic university in uganda and often time we would see these stories of of young girls like being defiled every day like teachers fathers uncles it was like a never ending story like every day there would be something in that newspapers on tv and like it would really take me back to that place so i kept on like thinking to myself like what can i do for these girls what can i change but you know like like everyone else most most people think advocacy comes with money you know you have to go down and chase the case you know find the perpetrator and stuff and i didn't have money i was just a young girl at campus and there's really like nothing much i could do but their stories inspired me to get out of my shell and share my story to the world uh mainly for me to kind of like set myself free and stop living in this bubble of what if people find out or what if this one finds out or how can i live like this so it really pushed me to just come out of my shell and share my story and that was like my first big step like going on national television and telling people what really had happened to me it was really scary at first but it was a big relief because at last i was like i'm free and also like the comments like people like coming to my inbox and you know sharing you know part of their experiences and 
finding me as a pillar and my story as a pillar to share theirs or seek help was really like a big motivation for me to start doing my advocacy and that's how I started doing the work that I do now and my biggest motivation is to make sure that young girls out there that are facing this ordeal of you know sexual violence gender based violence do not get to turn out you know to be positive and you know get a better chance at living negatively and be like better than the 8 year old Shakira or have a better fighting chance like the 8 year old me that I didn't have so in a nutshell that is my story That is Namwanje Shakira, the 2019 AVAC Advocacy Fellow. She is a survivor of child sexual abuse, an activist and champion for the Because I'm a Girl campaign, an initiative to end sexual violence against women and girls in Uganda. My name is Tukahira Moreen, the host of Imagined Woman, a podcast produced by Girls Must Uganda, and we shall be back with more after the break Girls Must aims to build a vibrant movement of girls through transformative leadership and confidence building. We envision a world where girls are leaders in creating the changes they want to see in their lives and communities. Join us as we fight to reduce the confidence gap of girls. Learn more at girlsmust.org. Welcome back. I'm Tukahira Maureen and you are listening to Imagine Woman, a podcast from Girls Must Uganda. I'm speaking to Namwanje Shakira, the 2019 AVAC Advocacy Fellow. She is a survivor of child sexual abuse, an activist and champion for the Because I'm a Girl campaign, an initiative to end sexual violence against women and girls in Uganda. the psychological support and the counseling the feeling never goes away does it it never really goes away because once you you face this ordeal or once you've been abused this person takes a piece of you that you can never get back and unfortunately that's just the reality So the best yeah. you can do is always pick up the pieces and keep moving but you can never really forget. Yeah, um I'm just trying to process like the whole story and trying to think about an 8 year old girl. You know, it's not like you know so much. It's it's you're just very innocent and the world has to just be so cruel. And that is not fair at all. 
anyway um i know shakira i want i want to ask how, how has this really affected your life growing up i think for me the biggest part of my life is i'm no longer that trusting i think everything that i do i think about like the end result and even with my personal relationships i always keep asking myself like what does this person really want from me and are they going to change over time uh like the biggest part is trust like i don't have that trust anymore like i i keep i keep myself guarded most of the time like i'm very friendly i'm very you know like open minded and stuff but when it goes down to like really really being personal with someone i always keep like my wall up because uh i don't really trust people that much and i also from time to time deal with insecurities like with myself like i keep uh you know like i said you don't really forget so there are really moments where you go back to that place and you feel scared like i have to check my doors if they are closed every night like i i don't really like settle you know like i have bad insomnia like i don't really have good sleeping patterns and also the fact that you know for for life you know i have to be on medication is also something that i really can't change i'm grateful that i have a healthy you know life right now but you know it's something that i have to live with for the rest of my life so i think those are like the few things that i can get off my head that really changed okay even with all this trauma hmm? shakira how have you managed to keep your head high managed to keep my head high because one i learned from my mom to celebrate the most important things in life you know as little as they come every day to celebrate my small achievements my big achievements and also you know coming from a family full of love and support and care i never really felt less of a person with them around me so that helps help that also helps me to keep my head high and then my work you know the fact that i can inspire someone out there really is a big motivation for me and is a drive for my motivation and you know people like you know giving you that tap on your shoulder and being like you're doing something amazing oh i'm proud of you those are the small things that really help me keep my head high taking very good care of myself. I think I'm one of the people that really love myself so much that I take pride in taking care of myself such that I look good, I feel good. When you look good, you feel good. So it also keeps or helps me to keep my head high. That is amazing and really good messages especially to young girls who feel like they are lost they are torn between which way to go or how to move on with their lives um uh you previously previously talked about 
advocacy and how it's not like there is a lot of money in it yet you remember you as a woman you have responsibilities you know you have people to take care of and all that so i was just wondering how do you think like how do how can advocates how can advocates be better you know especially economically yes there you're volunteering you're doing this out of passion but then how do you get better and grow yourself and develop yourself i think uh the first thing with advocacy is you really have to do a lot of research and reading such that you're knowledgeable about what you're talking to people about so that you you sip you put yourself at a bigger or at a higher step than other advocates for you to be able to like you know market yourself in the field and also you know with advocacy of course you're putting other people's issues and challenges way before yourself so it's more like service beyond yourself so you at times get lost in the in the struggle or in the issues that you're fighting for so i think it is important for us as advocates as young women advocates to always take a step back to reevaluate yourself and also like think about the things that really mean so much to you or the things that you want to achieve in life such that you keep track of where you're going and how far you've come and also as much as we love doing advocacy it's good for us to educate ourselves about other stuff like economics or other things that you can do that can really help you you know keep going to get because for me with the kind of medication that i take i have to eat well i have to i pride myself in looking good and taking care of myself so i have to make sure that i go the extra mile so that i have the things that really keep myself my immunity strong and of course sometimes you're going to break down sometimes you're not going to it's not going to be a smooth road but just for you to not lose the eye on the prize which is you know yourself it's good to fight for others but you always have to as an advocate you know think about yourself or take a few minutes to deep breathe and you know like offload all the stress all the work that you know we deal with on a daily basis to really think about yourself and your future and where you're going you know and what it is you really want to achieve in life you know some people find uh success in helping others and if that really gives you the satisfaction that you need then you just have to learn how to push forward or how to you know be better at what you're doing and basically like that's it for me like as much as you want to help others do not lose yourself it's really important you're very right our self care applies to every young woman young man out there because for sure if you don't like we cannot have from an empty cup you have to first make sure you're okay for you to pass on that positive energy to others and thank you so much shakira for that
That is Namwanje Shakira, the 2019 AVAC Advocacy Fellow. She is a survivor of child sexual abuse, an activist and champion for the Because I'm a Girl campaign, an initiative to end sexual violence against women and girls in Uganda. My name is Tukahira Maureen, the host of Emergent Woman, a podcast produced by Girls Must Uganda, and we shall be back with more after the break. Girls Must aims to build a vibrant movement of girls through transformative leadership and confidence building. We envision a world where girls are leaders in creating the changes they want to see in their lives and communities. Join us as we fight to reduce the confidence gap of girls. Learn more at girlsmust.org. Welcome back. I'm Tukahira Maureen, and you are listening to Imagined Woman, a podcast from Girls Must Uganda. I'm speaking to Namwanje Shakira, the 2019 AVAC Advocacy Fellow. She is a survivor of child sexual abuse, an activist and champion for the Because I'm a Girl campaign, an initiative to end sexual violence against women and girls in Uganda. Right, uh, we are moving on to our next question. Speaking of research, because I uh, at least in your introduction you told us you are a research um, advocate, and I wanted to know how has your work in research supported growth and development for young women? So with research, uh, it is really a, like a very complex uh, world because I'm not a scientist, you know, and it takes, you know, dedication and a lot of reading for me to actually comprehend some of the research and, you know, the terms and terminologies used and everything. But the reason why I drew more interest in it is that you know, when I was eight years old, we didn't have, you know, we didn't have tools like PEP, which we have today, you know, and such tools are actually able to prevent young girls and young women out there from acquiring HIV, which gives them a way bigger fighting chance than I had at eight years old. But it's really like devastating that many young girls out there do not know about these things and for me that is where i draw my my you know my work and my motivation to actually learn these things and in the end you know we have so many hiv prevention tools but people are not actually using them or you can you will find that most of them are male-centered you know they the the protection of us as women as young girls is basing on whether the man that you're sleeping with chooses to protect themselves or not, you know, chooses whether to have circumcision or not, chooses whether to wear a condom or not. So I felt like there is this room or this gap whereby we do not have tools that we can use as young women to 
you know, protect ourselves discreetly and, you know, have the power to actually protect ourselves and not lie entirely on the man, you know. So I felt like there was a need for us to actually have open conversations with researchers or the people that come up with these tools and tell them what our views are as young women or what we would like or what really uh, attracts young women you know there are so many things young women are very different and very diverse in different you know things and categories so we have to make sure that we have tools that fit everybody and that are comfortable for us to use as young women you can't just have one thing that and think it's going to work for everybody because we are different yeah that's very true um Maybe you could uh, mention some of those HIV prevention researches that are in the pipeline so that maybe we can prepare ourselves, you know, yeah, learn more and know where we can get them. There's so many tools in the pipeline, but the, the most, the most, uh, the one that I can think about at my fingertips is the vaginal ring which you know we're currently waiting for the EMA opinion and we hope that this is a ring that a woman can have or insert into their vaginas and protect them from acquiring HIV you know and this is something that they can use discreetly and also something that gives them the power to have protection you know the power to protect themselves without relying on the men. So that is one of the tools that I can think about. We also have the long-acting injectable, which is like an injection that we hope once it is approved and it has been showing like really good, um, really, really good signs in the research that it is working. So it is an injection that they can give someone and protect them from getting HIV for about two months. So I think that that is really like a big step, but all this is in research. And I feel like young people should know about these things in order to, pro- to prepare themselves. And also, it's good to be knowledgeable, to just know some of the things that are in, in store or in the pipeline, such that once they are available in the market, young women can use the information to make an informed choice, to choose the tool that works for them. Yeah, um, I agree with you. Not everyone might want to use them, but at least when you have the knowledge, when a friend asks, you can be able to direct them in the right you know, direction. So that is very right. We need to have the hunger for knowledge. We need to have the zeal to learn new things and especially things that are for girls that are supporting girls in development and growth. All right, uh, Shakira. I want to know um, in this period, the COVID-19 period, uh, how have you worked, like how has research supported or contributed to the fight of this global pandemic? I think in this period that we are facing, uh, of COVID-19, uh, 
I think one, it's going to make us appreciate more what research does because as we all know, we are all right now looking for answers, which we don't have. And these are answers that can only be provided uh, through research such that we have evidence-based arguments. So I think COVID-19, if not for anything, is going to make us appreciate research more. And also, I think as advocates, we should be rooting for research and, you know, pushing for these answers and asking for these answers, which can only and only be answered through research. Otherwise, we're going to be doing guesswork uh, with no basis generally. So research is really important in this in this period because we are all searching for treatment, we are searching for a vaccine, uh, we are searching for what works and what doesn't work, how can we keep safe, how can we, you know, do A, B, C, D, and all these are answers we can only get through research, which we do not have right now. Wow, um, those are really strong words and messages, especially for the young girls. I guess they are listening in or whoever this message turns on to, I am sure they're going to take it with a very, very open mind. All right. Uh, thank you so much, Shakira. I know it hasn't been easy, the struggles we've gone through to get here. And for your patience, uh, I really appreciate it. We appreciate it so much. That was Namwanje Shakira. Um, and this has come to the end of our podcast. To the young girls, you are stronger than you think. Please protect yourself. Please stay safe. Speak up. Don't be shy. Talk about it. Talk about whatever is haunting you. Trust me, that is one step forward to solving whatever is hurting you. So, um... Otherwise, have a great evening, stay home and stay safe.